Hey, what's going on, guys? Episode three of the 808s and Bars podcast. Uh, we are redoing this episode because yesterday uh, we re-listened to our review of Kid Seacoast. We ended we ended up doing the Yay and the Kid Seacoast review back to back, and uh, we just didn't think it was you know up to par. So we decided to go back, re-listen to the album a lot, and just give you a really full-on review of this album you know we 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 come with that quality shit right jason yeah man we try <laughs> we try to make this shit good we try to make it good for you guys so that's <laughs> got right back in it got back into the lab you feel me <laughs> yeah we've just been we locked ourselves in the studio uh aka our apartments for, <laughs> <laughs> uh and the good thing about these albums i was just saying to jason is that they're seven songs long. So I listened to them twice on my commute. Uh, yeah, you spend that 20 times would be like, not even, not even like you're, you're spending that long a time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas you're used to albums nowadays being the culture two or the, you know, uh, the, to pimp a butterfly where you're spinning it for fuck it. It's a movie basically. So I think that, even though this album's only 25 minutes long, I think it is, it still feels much longer because there's a lot to unpack, right? So right. that that's why I think giving it so many spins is important. And, uh, you know, we're going to do what we did last time. I'll give you a little bit of context to start, and then we'll do the track-by-track track review. So to start, uh, Kid Cudi and Kanye West. Obviously, if you're listening to this hip hop, you already know them. A uh, little bit of background on them. Uh, they first collaborated together back in 2008 on Kanye's album 808s and Heartbreaks. Uh, Cuddy was only featured on the album twice, but he had a lot of influence on the sound of the album. Uh, he was writing, he was in the studio a lot with Kanye in addition to... Um, you know, a new team of producers that Kanye was working with at the time. Uh, as Jason mentioned in the episode that we ended up cutting, T-Pain was actually in the studio a lot in that album as well. But Cuddy definitely had an influence over the overall sound of that album. Fast forward to a year later, Cuddy drops his first man on the moon. Kanye executive produces it. He uh, produces two of the beats and appears on the album. A few years go by. There, there's not a ton of collaboration outside of Kanye appearing on uh, on Cuddy's uh, second album, and then in addition to that, on Cuddy appearing on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Every Cuddy album or every Kanye album since 808s and Heartbreaks, Cuddy has appeared on it. That he's been on, yeah. He has at least had a feature on a hook. Whether, it, whether he knew it or not, because he didn't know that. I'm going to be on, on Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that was something else that was interesting. There was a falling out between Cuddy and Kanye in 2013 after Cuddy left uh, Kanye's Good Music imprint, mostly due to the fact that um, there was, uh, the, as Jason mentioned, he was on Guilt Trip which uh, is one of Jason's favorite songs by Cuddy and Kanye. Um, yeah, that's probably the favorite for me. That's the number one. And also, I believe you said uh, Welcome to Heartbreak was number two. Yes, yeah, Welcome to Heartbreak. Yeah, I love that one too, yeah. 
So Jason loves the that's a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Jason loves the emo Cuddy Kanye collaborations, whereas I probably like the the happier uh, tunes. They have, they have a lot of variety in their sound uh, over their collaborations in the years. But the reason Guilt Trip uh, featured Cuddy, but he, it was it was a, a hook that was left on the cutting room floor from another thing that they had recorded a while ago. He didn't tell Cuddy that he was going to feature him on that song. It caused a rift between the two. Fast forward a few years later, they make up. Cuddy appears on Life of Pablo. They fight again. And at this time, they were both going through a lot of mental uh, health issues. Uh, Cuddy had a breakdown. Kanye had a breakdown. In 2016, towards the end of it, they end up making up. Um, and then after that, we start to hear that they're traveling together. They 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 appear in Wyoming and in, in they hit up Japan. Yeah, Japan, which is actually where they met the art the artist who made the artwork for this album, and they began the album Kids See Ghosts last year, and then finished it earlier this year. Uh, we'll probably put finishing touches on it as you know with Kanye (laughs) (laughs) probably the day before if not the day of it came out there were still touches being put on it but just yay is me sophomore year of college (laughs) just (laughs) handing in shit like yeah like here you go (laughs) (laughs) yeah whatever it's it's not my best work but you'll (laughs) you'll take it um and then life of pablo as we mentioned before is just the uh you know Still, like you know, teacher giving back the the paper and and you making edits up through you know the entire semester. Apparently, I'm a fixed uh, move. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, now we're here after Kanye releases the Daytona album that he produced by Pusha T two weeks ago. Yay! Last week, which you can listen to our second episode where we reviewed that track by track. Now we're on Kids See Ghosts. So, first track. Feel the love. Jason, what did you think of it? So my shit about feel the love that I really like is I think that it's the beginning of a new mental thought process that Cuddy and Kanye have. They're focusing more on positive things. They're, well, at least Kanye's trying to. Uh, Cuddy's focusing more on positive things. You know what I mean? And that is, you can feel the seeds in that later come up in the album later. You know what I mean? Because he's like, I can still feel the love. And then on, uh, on Reborn, he's talking about moving forward. So it's 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 it it was a really it's really interesting because it's the start, and Absolutely. that's like a perfect info for me. I think I thought I thought it was a really good intro. What did you think of uh, choosing Pusha T to lead off this Kanye Cuddy collaboration album? It was interesting. I didn't expect to see Push on the album. I just I think I think their plan is to feature Push this summer. This whole summer they want to feature Push. I wouldn't be. Uh, shocked that Push was on the new on the next Nas album, which is supposed to be next, or even the Tiana. True. So yeah, I, I think they want to really feature Push this summer, which is, I mean, dope. We all fuck with Push. Shout out to push. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely, I, I definitely see what they're saying. I didn't think the verse was great, um, but it was it was it was passable. It was solid. Uh, we, I didn't, I wasn't expecting anything that he was doing on Daytona. I mean, I, I you know what I mean. But I mean, he was. I did, I did, I did fuck with it. I mean, he was this close to not putting a drug reference, but he did, and I was like, I respect that wholeheartedly because that is self awareness right there. That man knows who he is. <laughs> yeah, my favorite part of that was I, I was re-listening to the album, and I noticed that you, when you had said uh, he almost went a whole verse without mentioning drugs, and at the end when he says that line about dope money, 
uh, Kanye and Cuddy kind of are both singing over him. It's almost like they didn't really want to put that line in there. <laughs> like, push it, no! <laughs> you win a whole verse without mentioning it, but but as we said before, like, what is a Pusha T verse without a drug reference, right? right? I mean, if you're good at something, I mean, never stop doing it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a, that that is his wheelhouse, and I, 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 I agree with you. I think it was a solid verse. It, it didn't blow me out of the water. I thought it was an interesting decision to put this at the beginning. Um, I think that it really was telling for the whole theme of this album, um, kind of putting others first in front of yourself, as you mentioned, focusing right. more on this positive aspect of feel the love Cuddy and Kanye are now coming back together for the first time. Um, they're on the same page again for the first time in a while They're, you know, it, it it's really a, a powerful song. Uh, you know, it feels, uh, you know, super just big it feels like a huge moment right and the irony of that is is that Ka kanye and cuddy are bare they say like five words on it each <laughs> kanye right. is not even really saying words uh get out, get out. <laughs> he's just he's just mowing down the whole block uh <laughs> with his mouth but uh no i thought it was a really interesting approach i really enjoyed the production i thought that i actually think that the song gets better as it progresses it's a solid verse from push a t i like the hook i love the instrumental i think the outro and that little uh that that beautiful almost travis scott-esque um auto-tune crooning by i'm not sure if that is cuddy or kanye on there it kind of sounded like it was kanye but it could have been either of them i thought that was really beautiful i thought that was a really cool way to start the album uh so yeah i dug this track i thought it was cool um not my favorite song on the album but i think that the intro of an album doesn't always have to be the best song in fact when it is the best song i kind of get disappointed because it, it hypes up my expectations so high that right the rest of the album could never live up to it. But overall, I thought it was really good and it got me excited for the rest of the project for sure. Uh, I asked me later how I feel about uh, him, him doing a little Travis Scott impersonation. I don't feel too good right now. But <laughs> well, that was weird to me because Cuddy, I was, that was the one person I was surprised. I don't know about you, but if you know Cuddy and Kanye's background, Cuddy is like almost he's pretty much best friends with Travis Scott. Travis Scott is like the number one Cuddy stan. Yeah, and, Travis, yeah, he's basically Cuddy on trap beats. That's what he's going for. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I think that there that is a, I think that's even a valid criticism that I hear from people. Is oh, that yeah, he's, no, for me, it definitely is a, a criticism, as you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. He's too much like Cuddy at times. Uh, I think that Travis has really struggled to find his identity, although I think as he finds his identity more, I like his music less, <laughs> which is kind of funny. That's, that's interesting because I saw him at Gov Ball and I started to see the identity and I started to see the uh, appeal. I did. I really genuinely did. I did start to see the appeal. It was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty good show. So it's interesting. Yeah. And I think that concerts can really like, for example, uh, speaking of Kanye, uh, Jesus, before I saw that album live at Madison square garden, I didn't like the album, but then I got what they were going for, what he was going for on that album. And I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard people say that Jesus tour is like the greatest show they've ever seen. Like, it's legitimately the greatest concert I've ever been to in my life. And I've been to some really, really good concerts. So, <laughs> so, the reason I was surprised that Pusha T was featured on here as the only uh, rapper uh, and not Travis Scott. Well, I mean, you know, Ty Dolla Sign and Most Def are featured later, but they're in, in singing. Um, 
the reason I was surprised is because, you know, Kanye is, uh, you know, obviously Travis Scott looks up to Kanye. He's seen a little bit of as a uh, Kanye protege and then also Cuddy and him are very close. So I thought it was a little bit weird, especially considering that at the end here, I thought that it, that, that part reminded me of Travis Scott, but it, you know, that's like saying, you know, it reminds me of Travis Scott, but at the same time, you know, it's Cuddy. <laughs> like, right, exactly. You know, it's Cuddy, it's Kanye. These are the guys that Travis Scott looks up to. These are the guys that influence him. So who really owns that style? Who really exactly. owns that is very exactly. interesting. Exactly. And then we transitioned into the second track, which is Fire. What did you think of this song? Um, so I I remember in the first time we recorded this, I kind of dissed Fire. I changed that completely. That <laughs> sounds like black skinhead. I don't know what you heard, but I think that shit sounds like black skinhead. Oh. A little bit, you know what I mean? I just the just the the background stuff you hear and Kanye's kind of the braggadocio. I love your shit talking. You know what I mean? You ain't right. got to do it yourself. And it's just like I I felt that on Black Skinhead. I I don't I don't love Black Skinhead anymore as much as I used to when the album when the uses first came out. I think it's probably like the fifth best on that record. But I mean, I I thought I felt fire felt like blasting it to me and i really like the uh the uh, cutty verse it's it, it he goes it's so many days i prayed to god all this pain i couldn't seem to find a way on a mission live and carry on it's like that's what we were talking about it goes back to the i'm focusing and being more positive type shit that he's type atmosphere that he's doing and right. I just appreciate it. you know what i mean i just think that I, I when i'm listening to that i mean it, it inspires me you know what i mean so that's the type of cutty we fell in love with you know absolutely so I, yeah i i I thought it was good. I thought it was dope. Yeah, I actually, I totally flipped on this. Was uh, the first time we reviewed this. This was the worst song on the album to me. Yeah. Even if it was the worst song on the album, I still don't think that's a bad thing because I don't really think there is a bad song on this album. What you said about Black Skinhead is really interesting to me because I think this is a lot of people have different perspectives coming into it. I could hear kind of a little bit of, you know, maybe more a more minimalist, maybe a more chill version of Black Skinhead, which is a super hyped right, up, yeah. aggressive right, yeah. song, which I, I still think it's a great song. It's the coffee shop version of Black Skinhead. <laughs> <laughs> the Kid Cudi version of Black Skinhead. Right, that, right. Oh, yeah, there you, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what I was thinking was that it, it's funny that you would hear the, a Kanye song in it because I hear Man on the Moon 2 era kind of Cuddy coming up with this, but it, it really is a perfect combination of their sounds, right? Kanye's talking to shit. Cuddy's kind of talking to shit a little bit, but even Cuddy at his most shit talking is still humble, right? Right. Beautiful <laughs> madness. It's, you know what I mean? It sounds like, exactly. it sounds very proper. It's not, uh, I'm the best. It's not beating your chest, right? Yeah, and, and that's I'm, not really what he has ever done, and I'm kind of glad he doesn't. He doesn't, you know, act as if I think the cockiest that you're going to hear him on is, you know, just some general shit talking records. But overall, yeah. I think that this song is it really sets the stage well for the rest of the album it is fire <laughs> you know you get i think you get best of both worlds you're starting to see their style come together here and it's a beautiful thing beautiful madness as he said yeah the only way collab albums work if if both people are pushing that load you know what i mean if you're seeing if you're if you're seeing two people that you are that you're a fan uh, about music and and you know you listen to their music and you see two people and they're working together and they still have their both identities and they're coming together. I mean, that's what made us like watch the throne. You know, that's what made it's like uh mob deep and alchemist. You know what I'm saying? So like it, it both people need to be pulling those loads for a, a collaboration album to work. 
Ab- absolutely. And I, I think a lot of the times where when r- rappers especially, I mean, the, you could say this about any musician, but I think that uh, rap being a genre that is so heavy on ego is that egos can collide a lot on record. To me, like I'm trying to think of, I mean, I, I think a perfect example of where you said like the styles were married is Watch the Throne is that is like the ultimate egotistical rap that works well together. Right. But it also has this edge of you know social awareness it has this edge of uh you know just pretty much just it's it's a victory lap of an album that also is analyzing the american society at the same time and you know the african-american experience within that society now i didn't expect that coming into this album just because I, i did not either yeah just because I didn't, I don't really have, you know, Cuddy has never really spoke on that before. Kanye uh, has definitely, he has for a few albums, but his more recent output has been more about his personal life. And I think that where these two work really well together is that they find that balance on this album, right? Where they're talking a lot about the world at large. I mean, Cuddy more so about his personal life in, in a very beautiful way um between his singing and and his melodic rapping and 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 then you have Kanye speaking on on a lot of societal issues later in the album i mean i just this is the first song where i i get to the direction that they're going and i really fuck with it i think it's really good and um yeah those are my that's my thought i just think this album is uh definitely blew my expectations out of the water and i already had pretty high expectations i don't know about you I did not have as high as expectation as you did, just because I can't feel like I can trust Kanye anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? As That's like a, a very musician. fair criticism. Yeah, just like <laughs> as a musician, like I don't know if I could trust him anymore like that. But I did. Or as a person, let's be honest. Oh right, no, I, <laughs> that was a not even a question of <laughs> that was a given. <laughs> yeah, and I promise that this whole podcast that we're doing isn't going to be about Kanye. It just happens to be he's released three related projects back to back weeks. So I think this is. I mean, I think this album is more about Cuddy. When I was reading some stuff, I saw a little bit more Kanye being uh, Kanye was being talked about a lot, and I was just like, this. I feel like this is like much more Cuddy. You know what I mean? Like, I, Cuddy's footprints are all over this. He probably has five footprints. Cuddy has, like, four. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Cuddy, I, yeah, I think you're right. And I think Fire is a perfect example of that. Like, to me, this feels like it has the energy of, of a Cuddy track, right? Like, it definitely, it could be a Kanye or a Cuddy track. But if you were to talk about someone, you know, on the chiller side, a little bit more melodic, a little bit more, you know, I, I mean, even though he says, I'm going to talk my shit, like it's still a pretty laid back song that to me, that's Cuddy. And then you move into the next song, which is fourth dimension. And to me, that sounds like fucking vintage Kanye. The sample sounds like vintage. vintage exactly. Kanye. First and foremost, the sample sounds like vintage, uh, uh, wow, vintage Kanye. Um, yeah. Down the tune, he will come with his big, great smile. Uh, you often find with the Katie's a swing in the latest style. It's like that, you know, they're they're going for we're giving you Christmas presents. You know, this is a braggadocio song. They're like, we're Santa, we're giving you presents, we're out here. You know what I mean? We're we're taking our throne back. So this yeah. is this is I think the most Kanye we've seen. That sounds like, you know, 2005 or 2007. I'm coming in for the summer, you know what I mean? So I this one this one's definitely the most Kanye on the record. I don't know if you thought that. I I definitely agree in terms of the production absolutely and I even think that it has 
that old school Kanye feel, but in a, in a modern context, just because it goes so, so much heavier than old Kanye does. I think that old Kanye, uh, you know, we had moments where you would get these, uh, you would get these heavy songs, but overall he's really honed in on taking his old style. And I think that's what you, you start to see on life of Pablo and he tried it on yay and it failed miserably, but here it absolutely works. Like it's, it's just like it's from a 1936 Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, that's the type. Yeah, that is the type of, you know, grandose when we hear Kanye West in the past, when we heard him in the past, that is what we're hearing now. The grandose idea in and in a, in a fucking works. That's and, like what and picking at. the most obscure samples you could ever imagine, right? Like this is this is the guy that chopped and screwed Shaka Khan and made it into one of the best hip hop records of the 2000s, right? Like yeah. this is, you know, this is peak Kanye in terms of production. Um, I know that we we've talked we talked about this. There's a team of producers that worked on this, but this is the most Kanye. Yeah influence song for sure for me this song is credited for production wise him and mike dean right so, yeah mike that dean. absolutely I, makes sense seven, to me then yeah producer legend but yeah yeah no i think mike dean is someone that gets often uh and the mixing on this album which was mixed by mike dean oh yeah i think dean has been mixed really has been mixing everything for the past like this whole decade is that is that right? Is yeah, that he he's mixed. Uh, he's mixed all of Kanye's albums. He mixed uh, "Lemonade" by Beyonce. He really he mixed "Blonde" by Frank Ocean. He mixed uh, both of Travis Scott's albums. Which, regardless of how you feel about Travis Scott's music, the mixing on those albums is fucking beautiful. And that's part of the reason why that that beginning part where I said it kind of sounded like Travis Scott on "Feel the Love." That's where I was like, oh, this is Mike Dean. <laughs> like, right, right. That like very trippy, very spacey vibe, but also it makes you just feel like warm inside. I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's just really beautiful sounding to me. I heard it all over Blonde by Frank Ocean, too. I think this guy's a fucking genius. I don't really know anything about him as a person, but as a musician, I always love his mixing and I always I've love I've always been impressed how it seems like no one knows anything about Mike. But yeah, music. <laughs> yeah, know? it's unbelievable. He's been real comfortable, like being kind of fading into the spotlight, not really in there. You know what I mean? But like people just know, oh, Mike Dean's a part of this. Bet you know what I mean? So yeah, absolutely. And and Kanye has a lot of people around him like that. Like Sci High to Prince has kind of become like that. Uh, I I think that Sci High actually had a lot. I think he wrote a lot of these lyrics for Kanye. That's my guess. Because okay, okay, interesting. The only reason I say that is because I know that Kanye had Gorgeous by him was co-written by Sihada Prince, and that's one of Kanye's most lyrical, that's one of Kanye's most braggadocious shit-talking records, and a lot of that appears throughout this album, right? Also, in, in, I heard that he was rapping the whole album the first day it came out on Instagram stories. <laughs> so like he already knew all the lyrics. So I'm like, mm, he might've had a little bit to do with that. But th to me, this is like the, in terms of rapping, like this is both of them at their best, like fourth dimension. They're just fucking going in. Like they're killing it. I mean, I'm like, this is where I really am like starting to fall in love with this album. Yeah. Best rapping we've seen from Kanye since probably watch the throne is on this record absolutely the, the, the rapping on Jesus is it's it's very charismatic and it's very he has high energy on it 
but some of the lyrics were quite frankly very silly. Yeah, very grotesque. So uh, I think this is probably his best lyricism we've seen since Watch the Throne. Yeah, I absolutely agree, and I also think it's the most thought out. Like I love Jesus, you love Jesus, but Jesus still does have that beautiful madness in terms of. you know, being thrown together right at the last second. It still has that, like, that's part of the reason why you we appreciate it so much, I think. Whereas this album sounds as thought out as Watch the Throne. It sounds as thought out as my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, but it still has that rawness and that edge of a Yeezus. Right, exactly, yeah. That's kind of like, I mean, this song's great. I really don't have any crit- At this point in the album, I have, like, very few criticisms and, like, then it moves into free ghost town part two, which is a follow-up to, you know, ghost town, which was our, both of our favorite songs on Kanye's yay album, which we didn't think was a very good album, but ghost town was the, the lone standout featuring Cuddy and Ty Dolla sign. Now they're both back on this. What did you think of this one? Uh, so now this is one that I don't like as much as I like when I first put it, I like ghost town one better ghost town one better. I think ghost town one better exemplifies what Kanye is going through and this is much more you can see this being played in the club but that's not what made me fall in love with the first ghost town right you know and i just i feel like i feel like ghost town 2 was much more kanye's is you know strutting he's he's back you know guess what baby i feel free but i think that the ghost town one was much more tender it was much more uh smooth it was it was just it, it, it felt sympathetic, and I just didn't think I didn't feel this way with uh, Ghost Town Part Two. Now I will say Ty Dallas is on it. Shout out to Ty Dallas. I love Ty Dallas. So my man Ty is in there. I mean, I can't really complain. Uh, but so yeah, just I'm not, I'm not as big on as I used to be. Yeah, I I think what I I mean I don't know if you're trying to say this to me. This one tries to. I think it's intentional. I think it's supposed to be the the yin to the yang in terms of. Uh, I w- maybe I'm not saying that right. It's the other side of the coin, right? Whereas Ghost Town Part One is this very human, very warm, very nostalgic sounding record. Ghost Town Part Two is talking shit. It's, you know, I'm free. I finally feel better. I feel, you know, I feel like I'm not being held down by myself anymore. I'm not being held down by the world anymore. Now, to me, this is this is kind of what I thought of this record uh, is that every song before this is almost like a slow burn, like a slow build to this record. And when you get to this one, it's kind of like, okay, I'm free from, you know, everything in my past like the, on the first three songs specifically they are pretty much all talking shit there are moments where you get like uh, parts of their personality and parts of what's going on in their lives but really they're just talking shit throughout the whole thing and it's building up to this moment where they're free right they're finally like you know they're they're past all the petty shit in the past they're past all all the you know uh the the excess the the all, all this stuff that really doesn't have any substance to it right right and i think that this song works really well i don't know i i I have a hard time picking between this and Ghost Town Part One. I think I like this song a little bit more just because it sounds a little bit more thought out. Ty Dolla Sign is fucking unbelievable on this song. He's the best part of the song. Let's be honest. Yeah, no, he definitely is. He definitely is on an album that's where it's been like that for a while too. Yeah, 
Yeah, you'll hear him on a track. You'll be like, wait, was Ty Donaldson's best part of that track? Oh, yeah, no, he definitely was. Like, <laughs> and, and this is something that I think anytime he's on a Kanye song, it's it's incredible. I mean, he was on Real Friends. He made that song. He was on Fade. He makes that song. Like, he every on, time yeah, he, he makes that song. Absolutely. And, and I said this before. I, I feel like Kanye is like the Bill Belichick of, of, of hip hop. Like he takes guys, uh, you know, that are just like, no, I'm not saying anything bad about Ty Dolla Sign. I think he's wildly talented. And also I think that that really speaks to the level that Kanye hears it in Ty Dolla Sign. And he takes that talent and he takes it to its highest peak. Right. So I'm talking Randy Moss in 07. I'm talking, you know, I'm talking about, um, Tom Brady's whole career. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but I would say, you know, I think about like, for example, Patrick Chung is a safety that is a pro bowler for the Patriots. He played two seasons for the Eagles and he was fucking terrible. Now I'm not, you know, a perfect example of Kanye doing that is taking post Malone and putting him on fade and making him sound good, <laughs> So, which is a, a nearly impossible thing to do. Um, but the, I will say though about Post Malone, if he wasn't who he was, I think I might like his music better. But he is who he is. <laughs> it's hard to separate the person from the music when you say a lot of stupid shit. The irony of us talking about Kanye and saying and and raving about a Kanye album and saying that is is very thick. But um, right, yeah. Uh, but no, like this is like to me, this is like the. It almost seems like at this point in the album, both Kanye and Cuddy's styles are meeting. The first half of the album to me sounds sounds like they're trying to marry their styles and Kanye and Cuddy Kanye still has like a little bit in terms like it's it's more of a Kanye album on the first half and then in the middle they're perfectly married on the song free and then the second half of the album sounds more like Cuddy that's my take on it yeah um, they're at the they're like at the altar right now you know what I'm saying <laughs> like they're yeah, they're like at the altar right now. They're trying to get it done right now. Yeah, that's a perfect metaphor for it. We're I on think... the stretch run. We're on the stretch run. Like, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so I think this song's fucking incredible. I love how psychedelic and fucking just heavy it is. This is to me. This is Kanye at his most energetic since Jesus. This is fucking this is to me so far this is the best cuddy album i've ever heard and i love cuddy's first two albums so that's saying a lot like i think that i just like i said before my expectations have just been fucking knocked out of the park then we go on to reborn which my interpretation of this before we we hop into what you thought about it um my interpretive interpretation of this song was that it was kind of like not the come down but like the hangover from free so like in free, you're getting like this peak in terms of just really just, you know, like you said, talk of their shit They they feel free and then reborn crash back down to reality. You're back to real life. Here we are in reborn. I don't know. I think reborn is the best track. Oh, uh, you stole my best track. I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I think I think Reborn's the best track. I mean, this chorus is is classic, Cuddy. Um, this is I can. It's too early to, to make claims like this, but ask me in a year or so, this may be one of his best hooks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm so reborn. You know, it just it, it it is the it is the hope when you're falling down. It is the I hit rock bottom. I'm getting back up. 
type of music that we love from Cuddy. Absolutely. Kanye, too. I mean, this is what we want him to be. This is what we imagine him to be. He is not that, and that's what we have learned, but this is what we imagine him to be. Falling down to that hole, I'm keep throwing punches, keep coming at him. That's the underdog mentality that we heard in the college dropout. He's like, I, I was off the chains. I was off. I was often drained. I was off the meds. I was called insane. I mean, that is the. Those are the rhymes that made us fall in love with him, and this, this is there. This is it, and also like this is the human side of Kanye that was lacking on Ye. Like we exactly. got. We got we got split seconds of this, but now you're seeing really what it's like. And and even we though split seconds of it on Ghost Town, but this isn't him all on all me, all mine talking about uh come. You know what I'm saying? This is yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, one, that one up again, but this is some serious shit. This is yeah, this is the earnest that we that we want, you know what I mean? And also like it, this all the shit that Kanye has done over the past few months infuriating a lot of his fans including both of us this is where you're like shit I feel like even though he has said all this awful shit and done this awful shit I start to feel for the guy because clearly this is one of the most potent mental health records I've ever heard in my life like in terms of like just feeling disconnected to the rest of the world in terms of like yeah this is so clear in that it, this is the best they, this is the most clear they've sounded I mean Cuddy goes I have my issues ain't that much I could do but peace is something that starts to me you know what I mean it, it's beautiful I mean it's, right <laughs> it really is like this is the this is one of the most beautiful songs like it instantly became one of my favorite songs like period like i i like the first time i listened to this i got absolute chills and to me music like it usually takes a while to give me that feeling because it, it gets connected to something in my life whether you know whatever i'm going through in my life or uh you know a nostalgia effect whatever it is this is the this song from the jump gave me chills like i mean it, like you said it's this is marrying their their old styles perfectly but then taking it to the next level like cuddy's never sounded this sincere uh kanye hasn't rapped like this in forever and also he's getting across what he couldn't get across on his last two albums in a better way and sometimes i don't like when it's like cut and dry like this is what the song's about but when you deliver like this that's totally fine with me like when you can make a song this good like even and, and my lone criticism of the song the last time we talked about it was the end being reborn like him just repeating it over and over and over but now i get it it's like a mantra that he has to keep telling himself right right exactly it's like exactly. he has to keep telling himself he's being reborn he's being reborn because he wants to believe it yeah. And that is like fucking genius to me. And also just to, uh, you know, attach this to Cuddy's personal life. When he went away after he had his mental breakdown, he posted on Facebook that he will come back reborn. This is fucking full circle moment, man. Like this is a, just a fucking beautiful song. And I can't believe how much I love this album. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's like for, for me, it's like this. There, there, there's cliche things we say, right? This is music. This is what music should be. But when something delivers like this, I'm gonna be cliche. This is what music is. This is why. This is why we're here. This is why me and Trey are talking about it right now. Because Absolutely, it, it, it got to us. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I thought I thought this song was. This is the best track. This, by this by far, yeah. This by is the, just the, mean, the the and the ex, the ex, just exp, like you said. This is this is why we listen to hip hop. This is why we listen to music. This is just pure expression. Uh, beautiful song. Loved it. 
Um, and then we move into the next song, which is the title track, Kids See Ghosts, featuring Yaslin Bay, aka Most F. Um, what did you think of this song? And uh what did you think of Most F's feature? I want him to give most I want them to give most uh, his due. Give him some bars, let him spit some more, you know? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, you get most on the track. Look, Moses, we all know what most can do. I mean, most is great. I mean, you got <laughs> I call him now. I'm calling him uh, Yasin Mostef Bay. If you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you got if if you got the man on on a song, give him something. So that's the only thing on, on that track that I would I, I I rather have seen. I'd rather have seen most get a little bit more of shine, a little bit. But I I didn't think I didn't think it, this track is like you know weak or anything or mid. It's just not. It's not up to the standards the preview track was, and that's the thing. It's just like ah, I just got. The best song of the album. I just got something brilliant. Yeah. I want, I want that. I want that same energy. Keep that same energy. And like we didn't, we didn't. It was not kept. I so. totally, I totally understand that. And and the the thing with the most deaf feature is, I I actually don't think most deaf gets enough credit. Like, I mean, as a rapper, everyone knows most deaf is unbelievable. But this is a guy that before Kanye did it, before Cuddy did it, before Kendrick did it, before all these mainstream rappers that have attained an insane amount of popularity, like in terms of experimenting with different sounds in hip hop, most F was pretty much at the forefront of that. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, most, yeah. I mean, the aesthetic that that's yeah. probably my favorite most album. I mean, this guy has been working with different sounds, which is, I mean, I'm kind of annoyed that they didn't give him a verse on this either, but I, I thought he worked well on that hook. I thought it was, he gave it a real eerie vibe. I love we the outro love, part. We both love, uh, sorry to cut you off. We both love that track on Flacco's album. Oh, Back Home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the track Back Home, which is the last song on Flacco's ob album, not testing, not the mid he dropped. Um, <laughs> um, and most, uh, yeah, yeah, Yasin Bay's verse on that is incredible. Yeah, and that's and and very rarely will you get a verse out of him. It's it's this this is kind of like uh, Andre three thousand on um thirty hours, right? You right, see? he's a hood. Ver he's like a real, real, real Brooklyn version of Andre. <laughs> yeah, like, and uh, if you want to talk about experimenting within the genre of hip hop, like those two are the two I think of in terms of at least guys who had you know above ground, uh, you know, like stardom. Um, and this is where when you see featuring him, like you just want more. Like you know, you see featuring Andre three thousand. Oh, you're gonna get a verse. It was disappointing they didn't give him a verse. Also. Kanye's verse on this it's not bad it's actually lyrically I actually think it's really good I think I like that he's kind of just you know he, he flows well on it but the delivery on this verse was not for me like I, I think it sounds rigid on top of this like super dark eerie chill beat I think Cuddy and most def work really well on it I don't think Kanye does uh it's not yeah, bad it, it's not the it's not the verse that we got on the next track, and it's not the verse that we got on the previous track. Right. So now you you're sandwiched in between two songs where you get some of the best Kanye verses, period. <laughs> um, and yeah, this this song was is probably now my worst track. Um, but it's still not a bad song. Like I think I like this song a lot. Like <laughs> that's how good this album is. Is that even at its lowest point, I still think this is a song that I enjoy the vibe of it. Whereas I was saying, I, this is why I think the second half is like a Kid Cudi album, right? Like, yeah, yeah, really chill, really dark, really eerie. I love. I actually, my favorite part of my favorite Kanye part on 
this uh this song was that little uh like uh creepy little laugh he does at the end and it sounds like a horror movie there's a lot of horror movie elements throughout this album right the uh the the first track is definitely a horror movie element you could <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah and then again on fourth dimension you get those creepy uh the creepy laughs uh you get it here a little bit of like high pitch yeah it's i mean i think it's really cool that they're tying that all together to the concept of kids see ghosts right like you know it's it sounds like a horror movie title like i i i definitely love that whole like vibe and aesthetic throughout the whole album uh although this is probably my least favorite song i still think it's a good song i think it says a lot about the album um and then the last song which is cuddy montage before we get into this do you know why they called it cuddy montage uh yes the cobain documentary that's is that right Mont yeah yeah montage of heck which yep. is a, a great documentary if it's an hbo yeah, documentary terrific. yeah terrific. if you haven't terrific. seen that. Go see that yeah yeah and and we're both big nirvana fan. i mean i know you're probably a bigger cobain nirvana fan than me but i love nirvana um i thought that was really cool they called it cuddy montage because of that uh and cuddy being obsessed with kurt cobain as you could tell on arguably his worst record um Speeding Dito, ball to Dito, buddy. Same to me. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Same here, buddy. <laughs> so what did you think of, of Cuddy Montage? I know. I think you spoke high of it last time we spoke. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so high. To, I'm so high on it. Um, I love Kirk Cobain. I love Nirvana. Nirvana's probably the first American rock band that I got into. Um, might not be the first rock band because I was real into the Stones from a real early age. Mm. Um, but it's probably the first American rock band that I discovered. It's a good uh, one. Yeah, and like grunge is like that. Even like grunge rock in general is like, like the first American rock uh, genre that I that, that I studied. Um, so I mean, I love I love Cobain, and like Cuddy has that type of like tortured soul, you know, type of personality that Cobain had, and I think it's a perfect fit. The the, the way the, the 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 riff sounds over uh, Cuddy's voice is, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's terrific. So. Yeah, good job by Cuddy there. And the Kanye verse is is, is it's solid. Um, I don't know if it's the best verse. Or I said earlier that I thought it was the best verse on the record. I don't know if it's the best verse on the record just because he is bringing back that type of social critique that he used to have. I don't think that's just the reason why it's the best. But it's a really good verse. Everyone went world peace to your niece get shot in the dome piece. Um, it's kind of like unbelievable. A, yeah, that Nas. It's like the Nas tribute on the Nas line on on uh, um, on One Love. Yeah, and Jerome's niece got shot in the dome's piece on the way to Jerome's speech. Jerome's speech. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one so, of the right, most classic lines in hip hop history. Classic. And then Nas is coming up next week, and so you kind of get. Oh yeah. shit! I didn't connect uh -huh. that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Wow! Holy yeah. fuck! That's Adamus, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Should we go back and see if there's a connection from the Kanye? Like, is there a connection on everything? <laughs> They're all connected by the last song. Imagine, right? We'll have to look into that because that's unbelievable. I didn't even realize he quotes Nas last song, last verse. Nas's album that he's producing is coming out next week. If that was intentional, that's fucking brilliant. And also, like you said, I think Cuddy, like... I think one of the problems that I've had with Cuddy is that sometimes he can indulge too much in his influences. Like if you listen to Speeding Bullet to Heaven, it's like, dude, like it sounds like a, you know, a 16 year old who, who heard Kurt Cobain for the first time and wanted to make a Nirvana record. Like yeah. it's like, a, it's like those corny Cobain fans that were buying like 
uh, gear at Urban Outfitters and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you know. I don't know who Dave Grohl like, even is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the guy from the Foo Fighters? Um, <laughs> he was a drummer. <laughs> it's it, that album to me always sounded like pretty much just like a, a Kurt Cobain cover album. So uh, I think where this song gets it right is that it has that very dark chill vibe to it but with with the the cobain sample cuddy's voice matches perfectly then you get the other element of it which is kanye's verse i think this is kanye's god this might be kanye's best verse on the album and this might be i i would say probably my favorite verse is the reborn verse then this one uh but dude this album features kanye's best rapping since my beautiful dark twisted fantasy maybe watch the throne um and then musically the way that these these two put i mean they're both producers they both have a musical ear and they have a team of producers that know their styles very well they married this their style so well on this song and like even though it is cuddy's song and most of this album feels like cuddy's album kanye does not is not a sore on it he's not you know he's not an eyesore or your sore <laughs> uh you know i think that it's just the outro is beautiful i love this song i love this whole album man like i really think this is the best album i've heard this year and i i it's only grown on me since we we last talked about it so i don't know about your final score but my final score is going to be I, I can't believe i'm saying this i'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10 like wow. it's grown on me even Bro, what really the, the last time we listened to it i think i gave it an 8.5 out of 10 yeah. and i was like yeah maybe that's too high and then the more i listen to it the more i love it like i really can't believe i'm giving it this high but like to me it's a perfect marriage of their styles it has both of their voices but it's it never no one really like Cuddy is definitely higher has higher highs on this album. Kanye probably has lower lows, but it never gets too low. Like you're never getting like a bleached asshole line, and you're never getting a cum line. Yeah. Although Breakfast in Head, Breakfast in yeah. Breakfast in Head isn't great. Yeah, and his <laughs> his verse on Kids See Ghosts plus um you know the weird choice to put the push T verse were probably my only critiques of the whole album. I fucking love this album. And I really think it's like my favorite album that I've heard since Frank ocean's blonde in 2016. Like I didn't expect this at all. Like I expected to like it because Cuddy and Kanye are two of my favorite musicians, uh, not as of recent, but just in general. And yeah, I really can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. I did not expect that. I thought you were going to stick with your 8.5. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, the album for me didn't get that much better. Um, I would still probably give it, I, I'll give it an 8. I'll give it an 8 out of 10. It's consistent. The highs aren't as high as even on uh, Pablo or, you know what I mean? But it's, it's consistent. I'm going to disagree there, but that's... Okay. Really? That okay. I think that Pablo has a lot of really good moments and songs, but what I... What record on this album is better than the best records on Pablo? What a reborn is better than any song on Life of Pablo to me, not by much, but it's definitely better than any song on Life of Pablo to me. And I love Life of Pablo. I actually think Life of Pablo gets too much criticism. I think that it's a brilliant. Inter I think that that album's concept falls apart about uh, around the fifth or sixth song. I think that Kanye kind of starts to go off the rails a little bit, uh, probably a little bit too much. Uh, I think it has some of the worst lyrics of Kanye's life on there. Uh, his rapping is pretty subpar on the whole album. But yeah, no, I just think this album's more solid throughout than Life of Pablo. I know it's much shorter, so it's kind of hard to compare the two, right? 
Right. Yeah. And that's it almost might be unfair to do that. Yeah. But I mean, no, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pablo has what? Like, what is it? Like 19 or 20? Yeah. Which is another problem with that album. Right. It's another problem. I mean, the middle is basically like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I, so the best part of the best part, the most impressive part about it. Well, I mean, this is a very low bar. So let me be clear. But the probably the most impressive part about it is I kind of didn't uh, throw pizza on himself. You know what I mean? Like it, the, the, the the he it looks like he he was trying. It looks like they were both trying. It was made you know uh, efficiently, but it was also made. It wasn't taken. Uh, it wasn't like a joke, uh, right? You know what I mean? Like kind of like how I felt. Uh, uh, Doop song is like a joke, basically, or um, parts of Yay is a joke. Um, this is like I don't feel that way. So that kind of propels the album a little bit for me. So I'll give it an eight out of ten. I, I, yeah. I mean, it, this is not the best I've heard either artist. Let's be clear. So I don't even want to like, you know, kind of gas it that much. But I understand. But nine point five. The I think the nine point five is is absurd. It, it's no, no. I don't think it's absurd. I think it's dope because I do believe that this album and other uh, listens might become better. So I'm not I'm not even that mad at the nine point five. Like I definitely do get it. There yeah. are some like intricate stuff about this where you're like, oh damn, that was cool. You know what I mean? So right. And I think that the reason that I love this album so much is because of what you said about how they took the album super seriously in terms of you could tell there was a lot more thought that went into this album. The concepts are the, there's a ton more thought going into them. The structures are all different on pretty much every song. Um, and then in addition to that, you're getting both sides of what I like about Kanye and Cuddy, like you're seeing elements of the fun side of their personality, the serious side, the shit talking side. Like to me, this has it all. I don't think like I, I would give two of Kanye's albums almost perfect tens. Like I would give my beautiful dark twist of fantasy almost a perfect 10. I would give Yeezus almost a perfect 10. I would put this up there with like late registration, probably like that. This is probably on that level of, uh, you know, just it's better than uh, Man on the Moon too, because that's your that's your joint. That's right? my Cuddy. That that I think this is better than than Man on the Moon too. I think this is be this wow. is Cuddy's best album. I think be the reason I think that this is Cuddy's best album is because like remember how you were like this is why we love Cuddy. This is why we love Kanye. Yeah, I think that this is Cuddy's best album because on Cuddy's first few albums you are always getting like this super sad angsty person, right? You got this right. like angsty, almost like teenage, like uh, early twenties, like, which just makes sense. He probably wrote it when he was in his like teenage years and twenties. But the thing that you get with this is that you get that angst, but you also get this sense of maturity from Cuddy on this album that like he is, you know, he has his shit together finally for the first time in a while. Like I know he had bad drug addiction problems. Then he had mental health problems. It feels like he's starting to like really like work on his craft. And like, I think probably working with Kanye is, you know, they always bring out the best at each other. Some of their best songs of their careers are when they're on the same song together. And that's just all throughout this album. Like there are multiple moments where I get chills listening to what sounds like old Cuddy, but a much more mature version and probably why I'm not going to give it a perfect 10 is like the criticisms that I said before is that lyrically I've never, I don't think that Cuddy is brilliant. I, I think I've never listened to him for his lyrics, but he still has some really great lyrics on this album. So to me, it's just a much more mature version of the Cuddy that I 
you know, fell in love with when I was like 19 years old. <laughs> it's definitely very multifaceted. And I appreciate that by cutting. We haven't always seen that from him. You know, he, that's true. Yeah. The music has definitely always been genre pushing, but I think sometimes the lyrics haven't always been as uh, clear as that, as genre pushing as that. And I felt like this one, I, this is the best he's, this is the best he's spit in a while. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's better than the first? Man on the Moon? I don't. I do not think it's better than the okay. first Man on the Moon. Uh, that might be a little nostalgia, but I just think the first Man on the Moon, like you you saw someone come in and you were like, oh, wow, he might be a part of this game for a very long time. And, he, not, and not knowing at the time that he was going to, you know, it's, I mean, Dan Knight's on that album, so I don't know what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know he'd have all these issues. Right. And it feels good to see him back up here. You know, yo, like it feels good. Yeah, so, I, I, it really feels like a, like a, like you know, a victory for him, and it, and it has right, been a while. Right. And it's a victory yeah. for us because of it. You yeah, know? It, you know, for whatever, whatever we're feeling, whatever, uh, um, you know, someone in New York's feeling, someone in Philly's feeling, they're hearing this, and they're they might be feeling better. So I mean, yeah, I, 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 I do share your enthusiasm <laughs> for it. Trust me, yeah. That's what music is about. That's what art's about. And I think that this, this pretty much you know perfectly uh captures why i love both of these artists so yeah i'm gonna give it a 9.5 out of 10 i mean believe me i'm just as surprised as you are at one point i was like i'm gonna give it a nine and then i listened to it a few more times and i was like dude there's so few flaws with this album that i just i i think it's the best of the year i think it's the best that i've heard i think it's i can't believe i'm gonna say that. i think it's better than than fucking uh than damn <laughs> By Kendrick Lamar and Kendrick Damn. Lamar's like, yep. And he's like, my Ke believe me, Kendrick Lamar's my favorite musician. Like, I I don't I don't even I don't even want to I don't even want to gas up Kendrick too much because, because I know I, how you feel. I'm in a <laughs> I'm in a fight with his fans um, <laughs> over a lot over numerous things. I just don't like the fact that we always only point to him to for an example of a, a great rapper nowadays. But it's really annoying. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, but uh, I think Dam is. Terrific! I think Damn is actually his best album. People yell at me about that all all the time. They think Tipping the Butterfly is better. I think that's I disagree. I think Good but, Kid, Mad City is better than both of them, but that's another story. That's another. Story. We'll have that argument on another. I podcast. think we should do a Kendrick ranking. And also, I think it's funny that you bring up the fact. Sometimes can't fans just fucking ruin an artist for you? Oh no, absolutely! It's it, that happens all the time. And there's they ruined Eminem for me. Oh my uh, god, dude! Like fans ruined Eminem for me. I know. It's kind of like it kind of sucks. Like in a past life, Jason J. Buey was a Eminem fan. Now, dude, I, every, I think everyone was at one point. I think every yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that that is something to be ashamed. I think that that's something that like, I mean, I know when I was like twelve years old or eleven years old, whenever Marshall Mathers LP came out, like, dude. I was fucking like, that was my jam. And I actually, funny enough, 13 year old me knew that uh, Eminem show was trash. And I stand by that. <laughs> oh, really? I don't think it's actually, okay, it's not trash, but it's it's not as good as an album as everyone makes it out. I'm to not going to lie. That's, that's just a ghost to me. <laughs> like... That's my least, that, that, that's not, that's probably still my third favorite Eminem album. Okay, but okay. how well, many yeah, Eminem? How many are yeah. there? I think he, I think Marshall Mathers was his peak, and although some of the content is very hard to listen to on there, yeah, <laughs> like uh, there was a good, there was a good. About. Sorry to talk about Eminem too much, guys, but there was actually a really good. But it's interesting. It's actually there was actually a, a really good Sunday review in Pitchfork. I forgot who wrote it. Uh, that's all me. But, I think it was Jason Green. 
Was Maybe it? it wasn't. Was I don't. Know. I don't think it was Jason. Yeah. I don't think it. Eh, it's definitely started with a J. I know that, but um, it could have been Jeremy Gordon. I don't know. But, I read a ton of reviews, so I don't um, even. I can't even keep up. Yeah, but uh, the it was it was it was great, and it really spoke about the album, what it meant for Middle America, and like the kind of America that like rap wasn't really represented by, you know? Right. And at one point, that was kind of important. Um, the album and quality isn't as great as you, it used to be, but it's still monumental. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of like you, what you were saying on Twitter the other day about the Carter 3. Like, exactly. I, don't, I don't think that the Carter 3 as an album holds up over the course of time, but what it meant for Lil Wayne and, and for that moment for hip-hop, I mean, dude, didn't that album have the biggest first week ever? No, I think I no, I don't think it, I, it it sold a million. I think the I don't think it's the biggest first week first week ever. I, I think know. Eminem might have the biggest. F, yeah, I think Marshmallow's LP might no or or Eminem show was I think like two point one in the first week, which is fucking crazy. That's insane. Um, that's yeah, a, I. Um, that's crazy. If if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, uh, it definitely it sold a million in, in the in the first week. The and first for, since the massacre by Fifty Cent. Right, and for a guy like Wayne. For what he was like in 2004, and then like the mixtape run, it was a grind. You know what I mean? So like yeah. Carter Three, while it's monumental and may not be a classic in quality, that shit don't even need to be a classic <laughs> quality because like what Wayne was doing around that time, it's more than good enough. You know? I think that Carter Two is an, is a borderline classic. Like I think that album holds a up. Few, it's got a few misses for me. Like a couple more. It's J.R. Smith like a couple like more like <laughs> you know a couple less bonehead plays and a couple more uh, open threes. You got a classic. <laughs> uh, all right, I think that's as good of a spot to end it. I think we'll have to talk about a lot of the things that we ended this podcast on. We'll talk about them at a later date. And uh, yeah, so final review. Jason gave Kid Seacoast an eight out of ten. I gave it a nine point fucking five somehow. <laughs> But yeah, I love this album, man. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the album, and uh, we'll see you next time. Talk to you later, baby. Peace. Yay!